Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Start and end your day with the good news. The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. It's Angie Austin and friends. Isn't that fun to have a show where you can have friends on? I love to have my author and speaker friends come on because they get to go out in the world and find good news for me. And I found a whole bunch of good news. Welcome, Michelle Rons, oh, teacher, hello. author, speaker, Miss Senior America. Oh, and I'm your friend. That's the most and, important thing. Oh. Sister in Christ. There we go. <laughs> best thing. Sweet. You have like five titles. Look at you. That's the best title we can have. Yes. And teacher. That's a good one, too. Yes. All right, Beth Moranville. You have a guest with you today as well, author, speaker, Beth Moranville. I do. I have my firstborn baby, Liz Smallwood. Hello, Liz. Morning. Nice to have you. A young face. Thank you. I love young faces. She's so I used to have one. She has a little. You still do. You still do. I have to tell you the funniest thing. When I worked at NBC in LA, the cameraman loved me because a lot of the anchor women and weather people, they were much older than I was because I was in my 20s. And he'd say, with you, Angie, I give you big faces. I like big faces because you're young. I can give you a big face because he could zoom in on my face. So now I would have a smaller face No, I worked with him. <laughs> big she, faces. She has a really cool thing going going on right now tell them missy really well i got engaged two weeks ago oh wow well that is a major thing that is cool <laughs> that is a big thing going on kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. kind of no nothing that's major big yes that's exciting well then you might like this story that i'm going to start with for our good news story this is the cool i cannot believe technology now so this mom's blind and she's been blind since she was 11 and so was her sister but they, she was given these glasses, and they're like $15,000 glasses that we couldn't just, you know, go to like, you know, Walmart and pick up. And so um, she could see her baby. Uh-huh. So they gave her glasses. So now she's holding her new baby, and they put the glasses on her. And I think she's just a little bit, I don't know, taken aback. So she's much calmer, I think, than I would be, and probably to not scare the baby. So here's the mom seeing her baby for the first time. Oh, my God. This is so amazing. Oh my gosh. Look at his long toes. He's got Tony's toes. You know what? I feel like he has my mouth. See his little bracelet? I think he looks like the guest. She is calm. I think she's just very calm. She is very calm. I would have just freaking out. She was still, there's that silence. We're still going. Like, she was going to talk eventually, but she's so dumbfounded. Wasn't that sweet? (laughs) Well, there's probably no words that even describe what she's trying to do. That teared me up because I'm thinking Mm -hmm. that she's seen a little, you know, she hasn't Mm -hmm. seen since she was 11. And and her sister's blind. And to be able to see your baby for the first thing. Oh, my gosh. That's Mm -hmm. so amazing. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) Absolutely wonderful. 
All right, I've got um, just another. I don't. It's just funny that your daughter Liz is engaged, and we're we're doing all this like you know young couple, you know having a baby kind of story. So here's um, here here is which by the she's not by the way she's not having one. <laughs> no, but I think follow it's through cute with that. Yes, not, follow through. Not yet, but not we yet. just we just bought a car that has a DVD player in the back Seat. for my grandbabies. Just saying. Wow. No, no pressure. pressure. Issy. At all. No pressure. <laughs> well, I think about um two weeks ago we had a little boy that found he wanted a brother forever and he was about a nine to 11 right in that age range and when the mom he opened a card from his mom that said you're gonna be brother he started sobbing and he said i'm just so happy and he couldn't stop Aww. crying and he was like laughing and crying and laughing and crying so here's two little girls and they're about the same age nine and eleven and their mom has just given them a, a cookie cake and on the cookie cake as you can imagine mm. there's some kind of announcement that has to do with the fact that they're going to be big sisters Aww. and they do the same thing the laughing and crying and it touches my heart that because my son's been asking for a little brother forever yeah and he's we never want a boy angie we want a boy right. come on my husband's like three is more than enough i'm right. like please don't say we only wanted two in front of faith okay <laughs> so here are the the sisters getting their cakes with the announcement individual cookie cakes okay what does that mean what does it say christina what do you think it means what does it mean christina <laughs> what does it mean if you're going to be a big sister <laughs> it's true <laughs> Do you want to see a picture of the baby? <laughs> Go sit down so I can show it to you. <laughs> Go Harley, come here. <laughs> we don't know. Okay. Oh, God. Harley, come here. Here. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they're so sick and cute. She's right now. She's trying to throw, show them the ultrasound and they don't know which way to look at it and to figure out because you know it looks like an alien you know <laughs> and so they just go on and on these girls are beside themselves excited isn't that the so, sweetest that's the way i was when i found out i was expecting both times like crazy yes oh you my gosh i was so time. excited Seven well years. i waited a long time but remember i got married before i was grown oh you were like so, 19 right 18 oh my goodness so i waited seven years and then exactly like five four three two one time to get pregnant with my second baby so they were both very very planned very very wanted and I was so excited I could hardly see straight so yeah <laughs> love that I love that I have lots of good news stories today yay good news yeah we need, need good, good news, news. That's <laughs> you, had your, Michelle, you had two girls too I did it but I was we had tried for years and years and um God's timing is everything and uh, I was teaching full-time and we went through everything to try to be pregnant and nothing happened. And I would go to the grocery store and see a baby and immediately cry. Oh, I mean, it was, it was really tough. Oh, no, so at I that point in that. time, God um, allowed me to audition and sing at the Country Dinner Playhouse as a barnstormer. And that just means that I taught full time during the day, went home, put dinner on my table for my husband and ran out and did shows from seven until midnight, no came way. home and somewhere in there. God placed this wonderful child <laughs> somewhere in know. there. Yes, no, it was, no, it was, it was a God thing, but yes. that was it. But. My, with my um, 
firstborn. I know right now Liz is like, please, mom. <laughs> I know right now she's getting nervous. She's like, what is mom going to say? <laughs> she's always nervous. I'm pretty much expecting that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she's braced herself. Yeah. Go ahead, Miss Moranville. Well, they, they, I was going, we were going on a, a mountain trip, which we did every year, and I went to the doctor and had the little blood test done, and then I called back from this little bed and breakfast in and they said so um it's positive and I was like what What? oh my gosh it's positive I don't even know what to do and I was like getting a crayon writing on a napkin (laughs) you know and then with my second born my daddy was sick and dying with cancer and so the doctor had said I want you to wait because I don't want you to be pregnant and going through this and so when they called me to say you know yes we daddy had died and then they I what I did get pregnant, and they were telling me, well, the doctor wants to talk to you. And so the doctor got on the mm. phone, and he said, you can't always have everything that you want. Well, of course, I just mm-hmm. lost my daddy. I was like, really? I didn't notice that. And so he said, but this time you did. Mm. <laughs> it was the most wonderful that thing. That was a nice doctor. I yeah. know. It was precious. Uh-huh. And Issy, I, would have, I had so much morning sickness, and Issy was two, and she would go in there with me and be just heaving oh, like oh <laughs> pretending to be sick with you that's pretty cute <laughs> that is pretty cute well imagine like you know your love for your child and your child's different in it mm-hmm. with autism and this young man i just love this story he has been upset he has um autism and he's obsessed with vacuum cleaners mm-hmm. and so from like the day that he could talk and walk like he even would dress for halloween as a vacuum salesman oh, you know gosh. when he was four i don't know where you get that costume apparently that has to be made you know with your own little kirby or hoover or whatever so she contacted his favorite vacuum cleaning company and asked if he would come to do a demo at his birthday party he's a teenager now oh. Yeah, and by the way, they clean carpets. I mean, boy, this how clean carpets. That's all he does is vacuum. You know, he's not causing problems. He's vacuuming. He needs to come to my house. Yeah, really. All right. So um, here's the first part of the story of this uh, teenage boy and the, um, his uh, party and the surprise about the vacuum cleaner. And you'll hear him talk about you know how much he loves him and it made his day. Oh. It's something most teenagers dread. But for Dylan Johnson, the vacuum is something really special. I love that a lot. A mother's dream, a child in love with the machine that keeps the house clean. We dressed him up for Halloween when he was four or five as a vacuum salesman because it was what he was passionate about. A hobby that takes up much of Dylan's time. And I like how it has all the attachments. He watches videos on YouTube. 14. So for her son's birthday, Jody Green decided to invite a special guest, asking them to send someone to do a demonstration at the party. I told him my son's 14 and he's autistic and he loves vacuums and Kirby's his favorite. Not only, by the way, do they get a vacuum cleaning a salesman to come and giving away the whole secret? He is the top door-to-door Kirby salesman in the country. Good <laughs> for Kirby. So it's good for Kirby. Uh-huh. So it cracks me up. You hear him describing this Kirby? I think it has a DVD or a C, like a CD player or something. You hear him saying like, "What? What is it like built into the vacuum cleaner so you can keep yourself occupied?" It's insane. So here's the rest of the story. To her surprise and Dylan's amazement, we were all teary-eyed made my day the company came through al archie arrived from fredericksburg on the big day a moment captured on camera after showing dylan the ropes and how the vacuum works it was an awesome experience archie delivered another surprise that's your new curtain wow are you serious 
Now Dylan has his very own Kirby. Told him thank you. A memory that will last him a lifetime. I've never seen him that happy. And a very happy mother. I couldn't have dreamt that this would happen. Who probably won't have any trouble keeping her house clean. <laughs> I've never cried over a vacuum cleaner in my cleaner, life. No. That's the sweetest thing. <laughs> the marvelous That's thing. Precious. Yes, it is. That's so precious. I love <laughs> that. And the boy could tell how happy he was his best. Like it was the best day of his life. I just can't figure out the DVD player. I can't like, either. But... Have a DVD? <laughs> oh, I've got to watch a movie while <laughs> I vacuum. <laughs> I can't figure out the, the vacuum cleaner itself, so <laughs> let alone put a DVD player in My there. husband says that I don't know how to turn one on yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have a love of a vacuum cleaner that we found. Really? I read all the Amazon reviews and all this, and I found an Amazon. I mean, I found a, a vacuum cleaner that I love so much that I'll go into a store, and if I see people buying another one, I'll say, uh, "Oh no, don't buy that one. Buy this one." That is hilarious. <laughs> I should get a commission from that company. I was, should. You should write I the company. Is what them. you should do. Yes, definitely. I've heard you in action when you um, when you're on the phone selling the shows you sell around the country, including my other show. <laughs> it's going to be in Denver next week. By Yay, the way, all right. I hear her like, "Hi, yeah, Beth Moran. I have the most wonderful." show this Angie Austin. It's like having a cup of coffee with your friend. <laughs> with your friend. That's what I do. I talk like this when I'm selling the shows. Hey. But normally I talk like this, but when I'm selling, hey, hey y'all. Y'all don't take my shows. But she's good, I'll tell you. Alright, so I have a it guest is coming true, up. Though. Being with you, whether you're just listening on the radio or actually being here with you, either way, it is like sitting down with your friends and you don't want me to have a cup of coffee, but I can have some water or something. I don't need the caffeine, but it is like being with And the, she's so yeah. real. And that's that's exactly the best part. It. She's, she's exactly bearing it. the light of her Savior. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. Real, real. I want you all to stick around and listen to my next guest, okay? So he won an award uh, last year. So his name is Vana. Vana in and Vana spent time in prison and when he came out he couldn't find a job and so he became a really strong Christian and he was helped by an organization and now he heads up here here in Colorado an organization called Jobs of Hope oh, and uh, my wonderful. daughter's name is Hope so of course I, you know, I love like, hope oh, we, oh don't we all mm -hmm. so what he does is he'll see a homeless man he'll see uh, a gang member or just you know kids hanging out in the street getting in trouble and he says hey are you looking for work and having a hard time finding a job and then he gives him his card. So not only does he get you a job, but he works with these guys with uh, like how to be a good employee, mm -hmm. how to handle your oh. anger, how to manage your money, and he mentors them. Wow. So the majority of the guys, I pre-interviewed Mike that's going to be with him. Uh, Mike had a very difficult you know, upbringing and uh, didn't really trust anybody. He was not on board with the God part of all of this. Mm -hmm. But he said what happens is because these guys mentor them and love them so much, the God part kind of soaks into oh, their absolutely. pores. Absolutely. Absolutely does. They're, they're because witnessing Because he loves it. them first. Right. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the God first. part comes. Mm -hmm. So um, these guys basically, um, one of the, the guys that came in last year, his name's Brandon. And Brandon, um, he told me, I haven't been off paper since I was, it was like 12 or 13. I said, what's off paper? And he's like in his early 20s. He said, oh, like, you know, um, either probation or parole or, you know, because he did time in prison. And his mother-in-law, he's married now, his mother-in-law so doubted that he was on the right track that he called Jobs of, she called Jobs of Hope and said, is my son-in-law really in your program? Like she couldn't believe it. Oh. And now the update on him He's working in the oil fields. So here he'd done this prison time and really gone down the wrong, you know, path in life and didn't have a father figure in his life, which we see time and time again with young men when they don't have a father figure. Mm -hmm. That's a tough road for these guys yeah. or if their father figure is troubled. It's a tough road, period.
Yeah, so just a beautiful, you know, Christian organization, Jobs of Hope. So they're coming in next. I want you guys Good. to listen to that. Yeah. Any, anything wonderful happened this week for you? Oh, Beth Moranville, your hands up. I, go ahead, Miss Moranville. <laughs> go ahead. I, I choose you. <laughs> I have the most amazing thing to tell you. Well, oh. first of all, just my daughter being here with us is I just. Know you're so excited. You, you told me four times she's coming. I'm like, I know she's coming. <laughs> then you sent me a text that she was coming. Then you said she was here. Yeah, I was coming too. So. <laughs> It's just the most wonderful, amazing thing. So I just have to tell you that last night when she got in the car from the airport, she said, you have to open your present right now. She handed me my present. Okay, I'm going to show you this. Do you see that? I love you. Oh, gorgeous. I do. Okay, this is the deal. That's my mother's handwriting. Oh, she really? Made for me. No way. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. My mother's handwriting. No, how? Oh, wonderful. Randall, give us your website. It is closerthanyourbreath.com. Closerthanyourbreath.com. Michelle Ron, author, speaker. MichelleAron.com. Izzy, Liz, you don't have a website, but I'll just make one up. Uh, uh, Liz, your mom loves you.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with Jobs of Hope. You won't make a great want to choice miss this. today. <laughs> Proclaiming the love of Christ, 810 AM, KLVZ. One in six children in Colorado are living below the federal poverty line, and A Precious Child is here to help. They are a wonderful organization that is devoted to making a positive impact in the lives of disadvantaged and displaced families in Colorado by improving their quality of life. Come on and partner with A Precious Child by volunteering your time or donating funds to assist the children of Colorado to succeed in life, school, and triumph in their future endeavors. They're also in need of donations of gently used clothing, computers, sporting equipment, and shoes. Discover how you can help at A Precious child.org Hello, it's Angie. Already imagine it's cold outside. You don't have a coat. You don't have boots. You don't have mittens. Well, that is often the case with the, the homeless. So uh, Alexa Gagne is here with the Denver Rescue Mission. How can we help? You have some needs right now for cold weather gear. We do. In the extreme temperatures, we need coats and hats and scarves and boots and all of those sorts of things, but also blankets. Um, any of those things that might be gently used or just, you know, you have an extra coat from last year you haven't worn yet. Any of that could be dropped off at the Lawrence Street Shelter downtown. Excellent. Again, Give us your website as well. DenverRescueMission.org. So cold weather gear, blankets and mittens and gloves. And again, as, as Alexa mentioned, they can be gently used and they need this stuff right now. They have a real need for cold weather gear. And Alexa, give us your um, contact info. DenverRescueMission.org. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Excellent. Thanks, Alexa. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I love to shop and I love a good deal. And my husband likes it when I get a good deal. You have to know about ARC Thrift Stores. On Saturdays, most items are half off. My friend Frances Owens, who's the former first lady you may know, also works for ARC, and she and I kind of have a running competition. Yes, we do. Now, what are some of the good deals you've gotten recently? Well, I just got a Dooney and Burke briefcase for $25. They run around three to $400. Perfect condition. I saw an Armani bag in there recently. I didn't get that one, but that was an incredible deal. I did get the coach bag. <laughs> Brand new with the tag still on it. It was worth about $200. And I paid, uh, I think it was $20. Well, I just have to say thank you to the people that are donating these things. Oh my gosh. There are so many amazing pieces you can find. They've got 22 locations and your website is if they want to find a location. www.arcthrift.org. And all the money helps people with disabilities. So you spend money and it goes to a great cause. Yay! This is the place where love lives. 810 KLVZ.
Welcome back to the good news. Last year we had Vonna in in. <laughs> I like that Vonna in in. And uh, Vonna was a Jobs of Hope. And I was so impressed with this organization and the work that they do that I wanted him to come back with another one of his success stories, another one of the young men he's working with. So first of all, Vonna, welcome back. Glad to be back. And second of all, tell everybody what you do with Jobs of Hope. What I do is I find, train, and equip young men who are at risk, specifically gang members, high school dropouts, and those with an arrest record, train them basically on how to be great employees, match them with a job, match them with a mentor, and that's what we do. And then we walk with them as they're transitioning from the gang life, coming out of jail, and into basically the American mainstream. And you make it sound real simple, but when you talk about getting them a job, you've already established relationships with these businesses, and then you have to get the guys who are, um, as you put it, unemployed, gang members, at risk, um, maybe you know, out recently out of prison. Um, All homeless. the above. Basically, the guys that nobody else wants to work with. Right, and you've got to get them to respect all the hard work you've done enough that they keep a good relationship with the employer. So you're on kind of a seesaw Definitely. trying to balance it in the middle to get the guys to like, hey, take this seriously. We're giving you a shot with a business, and if you mess it up, then I may not be able to get another guy a job there. But in addition to that, um, you don't just say, here's a job for you. You train them um, about finances, maybe anger issues, things that they may have had issues with in the past that will make them better employees. Explain that part of what you do at Jobs of Hope. So we fortunately have over 20 years of just working with these gentlemen and this demographic. And we found out that there's nothing that is too basic for them to learn because the key is the job, but the job is no good if you can't hold on to it. Right. So, yeah, we deal with basically all the life social skill issues that can cause a young at-risk individual to lose their job. So, yeah, we, we take them through the whole gamut. and. If they can prove to us that they can show up to our class on time and if they can show change and show initiative, we'll match them up with that employer. A bit, you know, being brought up with my family must be a nightmare for my kids. They're only five, seven, and nine. I'm like, that right there, that gets you fired. You can't solve that problem, you'll be fired. You That's won't right. have a paycheck. Then you might not have a house. They must be like, wow, we're just five and seven and nine. But I want to teach them it, like the way they communicate yes. with others, the way yes. they problem solve or their lack thereof, you know, problem solving skills will have an impact on them later. And uh, tell everybody why you started this and why you have a uh, such a passion in your heart for helping these guys that no one else sometimes will hire. Well. Not only am I the director of the of the program, the ministry, but I was also a client. You know, I was involved in gangs, crimes at an early age. I didn't have a mom at five, seven, nine years old that told me that I can get fired. This it was just I was the youngest of six, and I joined a gang, followed my brother, followed him straight into prison, did eight years, and when I got out, nobody would hire me because of my record. So how did you get work? And so I found this. I was connected to this ministry called Hope Now for Youth, same organization but just in different towns, this ministry called Hope Not For Youth, Jobs of Hope in Greeley, Colorado. They said they helped gang members, high school dropouts, and those with an arrest record get jobs. Gave them a call, went through their training process, and they got me a job, and they hired me on staff. Eventually got my education, and I left that program in Fresno, California with a master's degree. And then I always had the passion to run my own program, and then an opportunity came up in January of 2013 to start the ministry in Greeley, Colorado, and... Now I'm going on into my third year running the ministry. We found out about you because last year um, you won uh, money, like a grant from uh, State Farm, which and you were up against a lot of other charities. So it was essentially State Farm allowed 2,000 people to apply, 
and out of those 2,000 companies all over or organizations all over America, only 200 were selected. And of the 200, the top 40 vote getters would get 25,000. We ranked at number 25. That's pretty exciting. So out of 2,000. Yes, out of 2,000. And so we made it, and little jobs of hope in Greeley. All right, so we're going to get to Michael next, who works with your program. But um, one last question. Uh, not many, let's be honest, not many ex-cons get, come out and get their master's degree. What changed you? Why are you different? Why did you not go back? We hear about guys going back to prison all the time. Sure. Well, definitely God. God deserves all the glory and the credit because it was, um, it was God reading his word and, and knowing that there's hope um, for an individual like myself. If there was hope for Moses, for, um, for David, and for all the characters of the Bible, Peter, then there was, there's hope for somebody like me. And so God, first of all, is first and foremost. And then I had to do all the other things that I was in control of. Uh, like not going back to the old neighborhoods, not going back to the old friends, figuring out, um, having a vision for my life, well, having dreams and goals, legit um, law-abiding dreams and goals. And so you have legit law-abiding dreams and goals, and you're connected with strong men, godly men. That's the other thing. So I had great mentors, great godly mentors who took me under their wing and just discipled me. And then I like, wow. You a new way. Yes, yes. And I didn't how have you, that before. How about like just the pride, like the difference in how you feel about yourself when you were maybe going down the wrong track? Not maybe, you were. Mm-hmm. And compared to now when you're doing the right thing with your life and, and helping guys like Michael and Brandon, who you brought in last mm-hmm. time, how do you feel now about your life and the pride and, you know, what you're doing with the resources, the gifts that God's given well, you? Well, the pride is I would do this for free. I'm just fortunate that I get to feed my family while I'm doing it. Right. And so... You always hear you always hear about people talking about they're the luckiest person in the world. I feel like I am like the luckiest guy in the world where I get to do what I love. I get to give back. You know, before when you're in the gang life, you're in the crime life, you're a taker. And all you care is about taking because all you care is about you. But then when God touches your heart, opens up your eyes, you learn to be a giver. You learn how to give back and not always be a taker. And so that's what I mean. That's why I, well, that's what I take pride in is take pride in giving back to what I used to take. Cool. That's great. I, li- I like that analogy of being, you were a taker, now you're a giver. I like yes. that. All right, Vanna, so tell me a little bit about Michael. He's working with you, and then we'll hear a little of Michael's story. Well, Michael came to us with, through a friend, and Mike's first impression of me the first week was, this guy's BSing me, but just give me the job. Then second week, like, ah, he might know what he's talking about. Then by like the third and fourth week, like this guy's legit. He knows what he's talking about. All right. That so must, that's that must be good because you're you're finding people. We didn't run over this part. You're like walking up to guys who are in gangs, who are homeless on the streets, hanging out, maybe doing drugs, maybe dealing whatever they're doing. I'm not saying Michael per se. Yep. I'm saying just guys yep. in general. And you walk right up and say, are, "Are you looking for work? Are people not hiring you? Here's my card." Exactly. That's right. Those are the guys. I give my business cards to them, and and it, from there it's up to them. And so when Mike came in. I mean, with each guy, you just don't know, but you judge each guy on a right. case-by-case basis. At first, and, you weren't so sure of Mike. Well. But now you are. Now I am because a year later, he's here. He's sitting here. He's successful. Got married. He's doing all the things that we're telling him to do to make it right. If you want to do it right, do it this way. Now, if you want to keep on doing it your way, keep on doing your your way. And Mike, that, let's, let's admit, that's difficult sometimes when you've been a guy doing what you want to have somebody tell you this is the way to do it. I'll bet that's difficult a little bit to go, all right, I'll try your way. Oh, yeah, it's very hard. 
It's very hard to listen to somebody else and understand where they're coming from. So tell us about how you got led to Jobs of Hope and Vana. What made you say, hey, I could use a little help getting work? Um, I had a friend, and I was living with him, and I was on uh, his couch, actually. And I'm a father, and I have kids. And I had taken a rough bump along the way, all the way since I was a kid to the point where I had met Vana. I hadn't had nobody that actually cared and said, hey, let me see if I can change something for you. So one day I went into this class with my friend because me, my, me and my friend, uh, we actually went to go do something really stupid and he actually got, ended up getting caught for it and I got away. And um, so when he got out, his mom told him, oh, I'm not going to pay your rent no more if you don't go help get help from Vana. So me wanted to be supportive. I was like, all right, you know, I'm just going to go over there with him. And we went over there. And uh, first day, I was like, this guy's full of it. Oh, but Vana? Yeah, he don't know what he's talking about. And I and that was I see Vana smiling because uh, I'm sure a lot of guys think that initially. Look at the way I comb my hair. I mean, you know. <laughs> but that's the impression that I uh, want. All right. Okay. I didn't, uh, I really didn't think he knew what he was talking about. And then I went to the second one. And I was like, all right, maybe this guy knows something, but he don't know enough about me and my people. And well, and at that point, it was a, my people was the down, evil people, the ones that were living wrong, and those were our people. And he was totally in a different class. Like, he didn't belong talking to us. And the third, I was like, all right, maybe he knows what he's talking about. The fourth class, I was hooked. That was it. I was all in. What I, do you think hooked you? Um, that he really cared. He cared, and then he said something in a, in a class that was about my children. And he said that, uh, he looked at us and he said, you're as good a father as you want to be. Like, you can be a great father, but, you know, I can teach you how to do that. And the classes we were taking and the things we were going through, it was it was everything that was wrong with me. You know what I mean? Like... Of course, I couldn't finance. I could make a million dollars a week, but if I'm not spending it right and putting it in the right places, then it doesn't really matter, does it? You know, and I just kept going back. And at first, I was totally on, I wasn't on the God tip. You know, I was just like, oh no, you know, I'm just going to go in here to get this job and get on. And then, and so I, you kind of like, you went along with all the God talk, just mm-hmm. like, okay, if I've got to listen to this to get the job, then I'll just sit here quietly and listen to it and pretend I'm in. And that's, and honestly, that's what I can almost guarantee that every person that goes in jobs of hope sometime or another does that. Mm-hmm. But then there comes that point where you make the decision of that you see how your life's changing. Like, I remember one day we were hungry. We were hungry and we didn't tell Vaughn we were hungry, but we were hungry because we didn't have no money. And he brought food. And I was just like, and then the next day, you know, he took us out to eat. And we were going to be hungry that day, too. And I started thinking, maybe God's a little bit bigger than than, uh, than I think he is. And then I started to put God first. And then it was all over. It was just, I got a job at uh, this beef plant. And I hated it. Couldn't stand it. But it was a good job. It paid me real, real well. And uh, Vonda stuck with me. Like, there's a lot of people in Jobs of Hope that graduate, but they're not as involved with Vana as I am because... He's like a mentor to you now, oh yeah, huh? he's definitely my mentor. He's put me with three other guys, and I don't connect with anyone else because I stick with him. <laughs> you want the you big know? man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because um, when I talk to Vana, I'm 100% real. I don't lie to him. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't sugarcoat anything. 
for anyone. And that he accepts me like that, you know. And that's I don't think anyone else could mentor me like he does because well, you can even ask my wife, like when I'm being mean or I'm being a jerk or something and I go talk to Vana, I come back a whole different person, hmm. you know. And she's like, Well, why don't you just go talk to Vana? <laughs> Everybody, every yeah. wife needs a Vana. <laughs> go talk to Vana. Go talk to Vana. And as I progress through the program, I honestly think that there's not a program better than Jobs of Hope. Just because when you go into Jobs of Hope, it's not just something they're teaching you for right then. It's changes forever. Changes in you. Like, if I told you my life story, you would just be like, wow, I can't believe this person right here was that person. Because I'm people look at me from my neighborhood where I grew up, and they're like, what's wrong with you? Like, like how are you living like that? But it's it's the life of God. It's God's will. It's not mine. God chose me to walk this path. God put me through all those troubles and trials so I could get here, so I could go the places that Vana can't go. You know, the places in the depths of the ghetto in Greeley, Colorado, where there's bad things happening. They're not going to accept Vana, but when I walk in there, they're going to look at me and be like, "Wow, this guy's from where we're, where I'm from," and they'll receive me better. And that's why I think God put me and Vana together because we have a greater good to do. So you, you go from a year ago or thereabouts living on your friend's couch. He gets caught for something, gets in trouble. His mom demands he goes to Jobs of Hope. You follow him along. You're not on board. You're not into the God thing, not really thinking Vaughn is the real deal. To now talk about the changes in your life from then. You're, you're working. You're married now. You're a dad. Let's talk about the way life is now. Um, since um, as of June... Because before I wasn't a very good father. I was financially all day. There was nothing that my kids ever needed. But I wasn't a good father. You know, I wasn't there. Since June, um, I met my wife, Cassandra. She's, And once we met, like, it was like the puzzle came together. Like, what everything Vana had showed me, it had put, there was just something that was missing. There was something I just couldn't grasp onto. It couldn't push me past that point. And... I met her, and the funny part is I met her at a bar, and it was a, it was a weird kind of ordeal. But the day I met her, I knew that I wanted to change. And at that time, she was going through some troubled times, and she she asked me. She said, "You know, can I have anything I want?" And I told her, "Yeah." Might have been a big thing to bite off, but <laughs> I told her that, and I took that to heart. I, you know, and I, I knew that I was going to push no matter what happened. And we needed a place to stay because she had been, she was doing the same thing I was doing. She was just living with people and, and, you know, we were doing our thing and we needed to, we needed stability. And she, we both had the view of wanting to get our kids back in our lives and have them. And she said, well, I'm really ready to do this. And we got our apartment and it was, it's right now we live in it, but I'm getting a three bedroom house on the 30th. Um, it's a, it's a shack, but to us it was a kingdom. You know, it was our kingdom. And as I've gone along, Juana has has helped me. I was in the um, slaughtering business at Swift um, in Greeley, Colorado, and I was making eighteen fifty an hour, but I wasn't making nothing for hours. I was making forty dollars, so we struggled a little bit. But I kept going, and I keep going, and now I'm in the oil fields, and I make. $15 an hour, but I work almost 80 hours a week, and I, 
I bring home a substantial amount of money and I take care of my family. And I I I believe that there's only three reasons that I'm actually where I'm at. One, my wife. Without her, I wouldn't be sitting here because there's a lot of times I wanted to go back out and do the same thing I was doing. Jobs of Hope, without that, I wouldn't even have got to her. And without God, I wouldn't have got the Jobs of Hope. So I think they all deal with each other in their own way. Yeah. So. But you feel proud, huh? Oh, I'm the I'm the proudest man in the world because I take care of, I proved Vaughn right. I proved that God is real. And I showed my wife that I can do anything that needs to be done. Yeah. You know, and good I'm not. Good stuff, huh? Oh, Jorge, look at him. He's listening. Look at him. <laughs> That's a good man right there, Jorge. He's a man like you. He's got a heart for his family. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You can be a blessing wherever you are in terms of, you know, ministering to people and other, you know, young men like yourself that see what you've done. I mean, that's really going to touch their hearts. When your wife goes out and talks to other women who may be with their husbands aren't on the right track, she's going to say, well, my husband was able to turn his life around. And, you know, let's talk to Vanna at Jobs of Hope. So, Vanna, how does that make you hear to hear, you know, Mike describe, you know, how you've mentored him and how, you know, first he thought you had no idea what you're talking about. Now he's t- totally on board and sees you as his mentor. Well, um, I mean, that makes me feel great and gives me that purpose to keep on moving forward because you just never know. You because just they're never... not all Michael's stories. They're That's not right. all like Mike. A lot of them, they don't show up at the job and then you've got to talk to the business owner and say, hey, I've, I've got other guys that really will take this seriously. Don't give up on us. I mean, what Mike said about in that class, what he kept in his heart, I don't remember. I mean, I remember teaching the class and I remember saying things, but I don't. Rem- you just don't know what each guy is going to get from each class. And so that's why you just you teach it with all your effort, with all your heart, and you just try to find a way to connect with these guys. Because you know, each guy, they want the same thing. They all want to be happy. They all want to be free. They all want to be in a place where they just want to, they just want to be free, but each guy's past is so different. Like Mike, if you show your finger, that's something that his dad did to him. When at the, you know, if his at, finger is missing, and well, that's because his dad was, you know, a, a, a cartel gang member from Mexico. I mean, these are the type of, I mean, these are the type of guys that I'm dealing with. This, this is the history of their lives, and it's real, and it's genuine, and the struggle is real. And the only way they are going to overcome it. Is through God, is releasing it to God. Because if you hold on to it, and that's what I teach them, if you hold on to it, I mean, regardless if you're a gang member, if you're at the top of Wall Street, or if it doesn't matter who you are as a human being, if you hold on to things, you're just hurting you. And so that's what we teach these guys. The way they can be able to move forward in the future is to let go and let God, cheesy as it may sound, it's true. You have to let go of the past and know that God has a great future for you. My pastor says, too, to remember your family history, Mike, and he's not talking about your dad and mom. He's talking about our family history as Christians. It doesn't matter where you came from, how far behind the finish line you started. You know, I have a national show now, and I have this good news show. I've worked for NBC, ABC, Fox. My brother's homeless. He's a meth addict. My other brother was murdered. My dad was an alcoholic. That doesn't determine where we go. When, when you've got Jesus in your heart, you can go anywhere you want. You know, I mean, it's just a beautiful thing to be able to let go of your quote-unquote family history of your parents and know that that's not you, that once you have God in your heart, you are who he wants you to become. So I want to make sure. Thanks, Mike. Thank you to Mike's wife, Cassandra, for coming in as well. Yes. Appreciate it. But you're proud of him, aren't you? Very proud. Very proud. She says, yeah, I'll bet she is. All right, Vanna, you need you have volunteers. You need various things. If people want to get a hold of Vanna, V-A-N-N-A, at Jobs of Hope, how do they reach you? Our Facebook page, Jobs of Hope Facebook page. 
and our website at jobsofhopecolorado.org. Excellent. Well, thank you guys. It's a real blessing to have you in. Well, thank you. No thank you for having it. us. It was fun, wasn't it? Yes, ma'am. Being on the radio is easier than you thought, huh, Mike? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a natural speaker. <laughs> I love it. You are. We'll be right back. God's Love Lives. 810 KLVZ. The secret to the Denver Rescue Mission is surprisingly simple. For more than 100 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been changing lives in the name of Christ. In a world filled with quick fixes, the Denver Rescue Mission takes the time to help rebuild the lives of those torn apart by addiction. They know addiction is powerful, and to finally break free of those demons, it takes time and the power of the Lord. That's why the New Life Program at the Denver Rescue Mission takes more than one year to complete. With God's redemptive love, anything is possible. And the Denver Rescue Mission proves it daily. Please support the good work done by the Denver Rescue Mission. Visit them today at denverrescuemission.org. That's denverrescuemission.org. Well, if you want to attain your dreams and you want to reach your goals, Carrie Conley is the woman to do it. And we just had a great seminar. Boy, that was fun. And we learned so much. We It was a life changer, was it not? It changed my life last year and once again this year. Very inspirational. It's such a reward for me, Angie, when I see people, not only when I work with them one-on-one or in my small mastermind groups, but when you've got 200 people in a room and you can see them, I can see all their faces when I say something or somebody else says something where you can just know that that hit them to the core. And they made a huge shift in their life. And that's what it's all about. Well, you've really guided me in my career, achieving some of the goals that, you know, I had in mind over the last year. You helped me write it all down. If people want to work with you in the future, how do they get in touch with you and how do they work with you on achieving their goals, Carrie? So the best way to reach me is just through my website, infinitenation.com. And what I do is run mastermind groups that I bring people into for the year and help them achieve their goals, build their business, infinitenation.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. Do you need to raise money for your school, your nonprofit, your organization? I have a great idea for you. It's called Buck a Bag. You actually gather clothes and shoes, etc. And for every bag, you get a dollar. And then the bags of goods and clothes go to ARC. Correct. The bags and goods go back to ARC. And then we use um, those donations to sell within our stores that advocate on behalf of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So it's a real win-win situation. It is a win-win because I get a dollar for every bag for my school. And then ARC gets money to help the disabled community, and everyone wins. Correct. So if you're interested in fundraising with um, our fundraiser Buck a Bag program, you can find us at arcthrift.org, click on Mission, and then click on Raise Money for Your Cause, and you'll find my contact information and Lori Weir's contact information. Excellent. So look for Miranda and Lori, and again, the website is arcthrift.org. Denver, this is Pastor John A. Moreland, Senior Pastor of the Denver Christian Bible Church. I'd like to invite you to join us for the radio program of Denver Christian Bible Church on our sister station. That's 1220 on the AM dial. You can find us Monday through Friday from 745 to 815. Again, that's 1220 on your AM dial every morning, Monday through Friday. And if you think we're having a good time on Therapy Tuesdays, wait until you join us as we walk through God's Word. It doesn't get any better than that. Come where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. God bless you. Hear about our victory in Jesus Christ. You are listening to 810 AM KLVZ. God's love lives. 
Welcome back. Well, I know that you have dreams and goals, and you know sometimes when we don't achieve them or we feel like we've you know, taken a step back, it can be very discouraging. But I think that a lot of times we don't realize we have to write these things down. We just have dreams and goals floating around in our head with no real direction, and it's kind of like a fish tank. Like the fish is in there, it's floating around, but we don't know where it's going. So Carrie Conley works with people specifically uh, to get kind of a roadmap or a vision to their goals to give them some direction. Uh, because if you're headed to Maine, you don't want to be on the highway down to Florida or vice versa. And uh, her company is Infinite Nation, and she's been of great assistance to me. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Hi, Andy. How you doing? I'm great. So uh, we talk a lot about getting vision down on paper. And at first when you told me that, I was like, what What do you mean exactly? So, you know, like your goals in life. So let's kind of break it down for people. And if they're listening, explain how with a couple of pieces of paper and a pen, um, explain sure. what vision is, first of all, and then how we break it down into pieces. All right. I can do that. So, you know, most people, Angie, are walking around in what I call reactive mode. They're just getting up with a to-do list and kind of reacting to everything that happens throughout the day. And when we start talking to people, specifically people who want to really move their life and their business forward in a very big way, and I mean big way by making money, being able to take care of their families, and being productive. Right. Most times what I find is that they are absolute reactionaries. They just are, like you said, I love the fish in the fishbowl thing because (laughs) that's exactly what they're doing. They're just kind of going in circles with no target to shoot for. And so when you do that, nothing gets accomplished. And so you can't write goals effectively. You can't really be living on purpose. And so what I get people to do is to think in proactive mode. So proactive mode starts with us talking about, all right, give me a very clear vision of what you want your life to look like, let's say, three years from today. Right, And so on a piece of paper, what I ask people to do is think about three non-negotiables. How old will you be three years from today? Because that's non-negotiable. You know, God willing, we'll be three years older. If you have children, how old will they be? This is usually one of those kind of things that I hear Mm -hmm. people do. Um, Because in three years, your kids are older and it changes everything. And number three, if your parents are still alive and you're involved in their life, how old will they be? And the reason I use three years and I use those non-negotiables is because when people see that coming, they see a whole different lifestyle that can happen in three years. Okay. Right? So I then ask them to time themselves, and in about three to five minutes, inside a great big giant circle, I have them put a big circle on a piece of paper, I have them write all the things that they are intentional about creating in their life and their business as if it's three years out. All right. Right? So it can be things like um, our family travels twice a year, and I know for you, Angie, that, you know, traveling for you looks like going camping. For some people, it's going to Hawaii or going, you know, um, to their beach house for a month. It's Mm -hmm. totally up to them. But very specific, where are you going, who are you spending your time with, what does your business look like? Our, uh, what does your health look like? What do you do to stay healthy? Where do you live? What does the community look like? I mean, crystal clear vision. Yeah, and I think that's part that, that I didn't, I would just like, well, we want to take a trip in an RV. And you're like, where are you going? Where are your stops? Who is with you? How long will you be gone? Exactly which towns will you stop in? What are the sites you want to see? Like, you want that vision of the vacation and every other aspect of your goals to be, as you put it crystal clear, like very specific. Yes. 
Okay. And I think some people think, Angie, that that's very limiting. It's quite the opposite. It's very, um, the very opposite thing because when you get really, really clear on that, then everything you're trying to make your decisions about versus, um, with, with relation to this year and the next six months, it becomes easier to map those plans out. So, for example, it costs money to take that time away from work and to go travel, right? Mm-hmm. So what it looks like now is, okay, then you need to make some more um, intentional decisions around how you're growing your business or where is that money coming from. And that's the thing is that most people don't realize thinking it's very limited. It's very the exact opposite thing. If you're planning for that, then you can prepare a business or a lifestyle that can support that. Okay. Right? Okay. So what I get people to do is after they've done this three-year circle, as you know, what I do is have them draw um, what looks like a cone underneath. So now your big circle is your scoop of ice cream on top. And then the cone on the bottom is your cone. And I get them to break down that three-year vision into one-year goals, six-month goals. And I'm going down the cone now. Um, 90-day incremental goals, which is key in, in running a business. And then all the way down at the bottom is where you get to set your daily intentional proactive um, goals and activities for the day that line up with where you're going. Okay, so so working down the cone, so on the top of the ice cream cone, that's your three-year goals, very specific, your vacation, uh, where you, your kids, um, your your career, you know, how much money you want to make, um, who you want to influence, your philanthropy work, your volunteer work, and then in the cone underneath, you break it down into little mini chunks of goals that get all the way down to very specific little goals that may even be daily or weekly. Exactly. So what it looks like, Angie, if I were to just take one simple goal, a lot of people have goals around fitness and health, right? Yes. So what they say is I want to be thinner or I want to be healthier or I want to feel better. I want to have more energy. But those are very broad, vague. Those aren't goals. Those are those are just kind of dreams, yes. right? Yes. And what we have to do is if you're saying in your three-year vision that you want to be in shape so that you can ski with your family twice a year, gives you a more targeted goal. And so then you can break down into this year, let's say one year from now, you are working out at, an, at a gym with a trainer who specifies in that. And then, right? you, and then you basically work out like a schedule where you're going to work out three days a week and you're focusing on working on your legs and building up strength, et cetera. And so exactly. you're working out to very specific goals. Carrie Conley, if people want to work with you on their vision or join you for your webcasts or be part of your groups, um, how do they reach you? Just the easiest way is my website, infinitenation.com. InfiniteNation.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.